0: You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this.
1: Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN episode 68. I'm Michelle, aka Ruro, and I'm joined by the by dan the halo man i almost said the pride of playstation
0: yes i'm joined by dan the halo man yeah. daniel randall how are you doing today i'm doing great i'm, I'm clearly not the pride of playstation we <laughs> haven't seen a sighting of the pride of playstation in months at this point oh my goodness i'm missing yeah. an action
1: yeah. where is he will yeah. we ever see him again
0: Yeah. Find out out next time. (laughs) He did tell me that uh, he was working on COVID shots. So he's a store manager for Walgreens. So he was going Mm -hmm. around, I guess, helping with that. So, Okay. Busy
1: man, busy man. Yes. But hopefully we'll see Sean soon. But thank you everyone for watching uh, live and participating in the chat. We record live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube and on Twitch. We're doing dual streams today, seeing how that goes. And uh, yeah, you could find us on both platforms if you just search up Podcast PXN. Um, the topic of the show today is the most our most anticipated games for 2021 and maybe our predictions and hopes and dreams for this year. It's just begun. It's a new year. So what's in store in the gaming world? We're going to be talking about that later. But before we get into that, let's talk about the PXN news of the week. And we're going to start off with Epic Buys a Mall. So Epic Game Studio. Uh, Fortnite developer Epic Games has bought the abandoned mall to turn into an HQ, their next headquarters. And this is coming from IGN. Matt Kim, um, Epic Games has bought an entire mall with plans to turn the unused location into its new headquarters in Cary, uh, North Carolina. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Cary. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cary. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. In a pre-release, Epic Games announced that it has purchased a 980. Yeah, 980,000-square-foot, nine, <laughs> 87-acre Cary Town Center Mall, which will become their new Epic Games campus by 2024. This includes plans to create both office buildings and recreational spaces for long-term use. So, whoa. I read further into this article, and apparently this isn't um, unusual. Companies like Google and WeWork have uh, done something similar before, but... For Epic to buy an entire mall is pretty pretty crazy. It seems yeah. unusual for a gaming company to do something like this, I guess. But it just speaks to how much money they really got from from their recent games like Epic Game Store was their most recent uh, endeavor, I guess, and now they're they're buying a all What do you think about uh this story, Daniel?
0: Yeah. Uh this is insane. <laughs> uh and just to preface that, like I've I've been to Epic Games three times now because my family often will we go to the beach for vacation uh, in North Carolina or South Carolina, and we often stay at a, a hotel like a couple hours or two to th- four hours away from the beach to make the last day's trip like easier or whatever and uh three times we've stayed in carry north carolina which <laughs> <laughs> the after the first time we stayed there that was a complete accident but the other two times i was like dad just schedule it for there i want to go back <laughs> there but anyways uh their freaking building was already huge like epic games was already a really Jesus. big place so the fact that they're buying a mall now is just insane to me um I, I think I have a picture of me, uh, standing in front of the building for the first time, uh, when, when we went the first time we went down there, but yeah, yeah, this is insane news. Uh, is crazy. <laughs> and even the land, like there's a ton of land that they purchased mm-hmm. with this too, which the, I guess they were talking about maybe u- utilizing it for the community as well, which I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, huge, huge news. Definitely epic you could we'll, say it's epic. epic oh my goodness yes it's epic dude
1: uh so in three more years i guess we'll see the the end of this or the the fruits of this uh in the next three years uh, what it's going to look like what they're going to be using the studio for um how much how big it is going to be i guess like that's insane that yeah it, as you were saying it's you you were telling me the studio that they have now is big so i can only imagine how big this is going to be and what they're going to be able to accomplish in so much space, I guess. But uh, yeah, moving on to the next story. Nintendo buys next level games. That's a reference. That's a reference to uh, Mario Strikers. That's how Daisy says next level games when the game boots up. Anyways, enough (laughs) nerding out. Nintendo is buying Canadian developer next level games and it's been (laughs) announced. (laughs) Um, The studio, which has created titles such as Luigi's Mansion, Mario Strikers, uh, Punch-Out, and Metroid Prime Federation Force, which is probably one of their worst, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) will be becoming a wholly owned subsidiary of Nintendo. Uh, Next Level has been working closely with Nintendo for quite a time now, but in the past has collaborated with the likes of Activision on Transformers, EA with NFL uh, Hits Pro, and Sega with Captain America Super Soldier. However, in recent years, the studio has described itself as a A developer for Nintendo. So, yeah, I thought this was a really cool story. I'm happy that they got swooped up by Nintendo. Obviously, Nintendo, well, they've been, as they said in the article, they've been working really closely with Nintendo, but they have worked with other people, too. And recently, they have been looking to sell. So Nintendo's like, uh, no, stay with us, please. I don't want you you Know going anywhere else, and you they want us to keep working on the uh, Luigi's Mansions and what I hope is another Mario Strikers game in the future, but not holding out any hope for that. I just think that they just wanted to keep them close, continue to keep them close. But yeah, what do you think about this story, Daniel?
0: Yeah, this is great. Uh, I'm honestly, I wasn't that uh familiar with their games until I played Luigi's Mansion 3, which uh, Sean actually let me borrow his copy of Luigi's Mansion 3, I never owned it. Uh, but he was, li- he was literally, I think he was, uh, he had just moved out, I think of my house to go back to Ohio. And he, uh, let me borrow it for like, I don't know, two weeks or something. Cause one of his other friends wanted to play it. So I was like, Oh crap, I got to beat this game in like two weeks. So I did that. And man, yes, I I love that game so much. Uh, I think i talked about it at the time on the podcast, but is such a good, such a good game, and like such a good Luigi's Mansion game. And I really didn't play that much of the first two games. I played more of the first one than the second. Um, but yeah, it, it hit the right—I don't know—tone, I guess, and and just the perfect levels, and I loved all of it. So this is obviously really good news for Nintendo. And I think it's interesting, Roro, that like the, all the first party develop or all the first party publishers uh, keep buying up studios like sony obviously acquired insomniac and microsoft's acquired a bunch of studios bethesda and all that uh Mm -hmm. and now nintendo acquiring one of their own so uh it's always good news that uh kind of the first parties are kind of bolstering their their lineups so to speak
1: definitely definitely it seems like that's becoming more and more important to have those studios closer and not letting other people's snag them up or use them for their own gain, I guess. But yeah, keeping those companies close is definitely seeming to become more important with the big three recently. Yeah. Um we just mentioned though is like you're saying fantastic game i played dark moon played the first one but i haven't played three yet but my girlfriend recently started it, and she is loving it she's like this is so beautiful so good so definitely have to steal it from her when she is done because i would love to play it myself um but yeah moving on to the next story ps4 pro and other models have been discontinued in japan So this is a story coming from Game Industry. Uh, The long short of it is uh, Sony will continue to manufacture the 500 gigabyte slim model in the region going forward. So they're going to be discontinuing the Pro, um, the white one terabyte editions, and pretty much everything else besides the slim version. And I thought that I I was surprised at first, but at at the same time, I kind of get it, like, especially if they're going to continue the one version because the pro is pretty close in price to if not the same price but close in price to the to the digital digital version i believe yeah the digital version of the ps5 so i was like yeah it makes sense especially if they want to ramp up production on the ps5 which we definitely need right now so yeah what do you think
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. And this is kind of, you know, mirroring exactly what Microsoft uh, started, you know, this past fall, where Microsoft discontinued Xbox One X and discontinued uh, some of their One S models. And obviously, the original Xbox One was discontinued long ago. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's obviously a good thing that they are focusing on just one PS4 console uh, to manufacturers because, like you said, we need more PS5s out there. It's <laughs> very hard to get them right now. Yeah. Um, I actually had to help a co-worker get one for uh, his grandson. He's going to actually give that to him in a month or so for his birthday, which... Uh, I mean, that's that's the most important part is, you know, if people want it, you, you have to be able to supply it to them so that they can actually purchase it, you know. Um, so, yeah, this is this is definitely good news. Uh, and hopefully we can start the discussion of no more uh, issues with stock. Um, yes. but yeah. We'll see what happens. Um,
1: another question that I that comes to mind when I see this story is how much longer until. PlayStation. First party stops making PlayStation 4 games. Like is this the last year for that? Is it going to start stop the middle of this year or well I guess not middle of this year but because we, we have some big yeah. titles coming out like God of War and stuff like that Horizon. that might be coming out. Yeah, that are coming out probably on PS4 as well but is this going to be the last year for that and they're just going to focus first party on PS5? So yeah, what do you do you think so
0: I think I think it will be uh, I think we might get some spillover like in the beginning of 2022 uh, specifically obviously third parties usually tend to uh, stick to the old consoles longer than the first parties do um, so I, I definitely think all of this year we're gonna still get quite a few ps4 games and uh, Xbox one games as well. Uh, but I think starting 2022, I think we're going to really see that cut back quite a bit from a first party perspective. Um, I still think we'll get some cross gen stuff for third party games, uh, into 2022, like deep into 2022, like obviously the Madden uh, games are probably (laughs) going to still be there and, um, you know, all that, the normal stuff we see every year, I guess, although, I could be wrong because uh Call of Duty did uh I believe this past generation they did uh a next generation only version of of oh, I'm going to get this wrong Black Ops 3 maybe uh, they did one, I can't remember if that's the game, but they did one version that was a next gen version and then they got a different developer to make a last gen version. So maybe Call of Duty does something like that and then the next year goes all next gen. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah,
1: Only time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> Only time
0: will tell. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, moving on to the next story. I'm um, reading from Nebellian on Twitter. Respawn is working on something new, according to a new removed job listing. Apex Legends, res- uh, sorry, Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment is working on a new IP. One bullet point mentions that the game will use new tech that enables adventuring forever. And he adds, whatever the f that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is. I mean, this is good news to me i love respawn games um i i mean i don't think this is a hot take but i i feel like they haven't made a bad game yet i've I've heard people say that lots of times so i don't think that's a a hot take by any stretch of the imagination but they haven't made a bad a bad game yet like people love Titanfall. not a maybe not a sales-wise success but definitely fans love that game um they broke the star wars curse (laughs) like they made a good star wars game (laughs) with the ea buying it in that era this era i guess we're still living in it they making they made a great game with star wars fallen jedi jedi fallen order Mm -hmm. and uh everybody loved apex legends when they shadow dropped that that took over everybody's life for quite some time and people are still loving that of course but yeah. Are you excited for this announcement? What do you think adventuring forever means? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this. Uh, as you said, I'm one of the people that always says like respawns never made yeah. a bad game. So, uh, it, and obviously that might be a little bit, you know, incorrect now because I know metal of honor didn't exactly mm-hmm. launch to <laughs> high acclaim because right. I think it had a lot of bugs and stuff. Um, but just in terms of like their big triple a games not like the vr you know that i I don't see i still don't see vr as a big triple a you know experience it's something else entirely so i kind of set that one to the side but uh yeah i'm super into this i loved titanfall titanfall 2 i thought had one of the best campaigns of any shooter of all time Uh, i thought it was really good Uh, apex is super fun um star wars jedi fallen order was fantastic and i think we've known about their uh because they announced that they had another team they were forming but i think this is the first news that we have that it's going to be a new ip and like you said uh the idea of what does that mean of continuous like adventuring like you like does that mean like a single player story that just keeps going like somehow or does this mean like a destiny like game where you're like connected (laughs) I don't... that's where my brain immediately goes is is live service when
1: they say adventuring forever it's just like content on top of content coming out so yeah that's that's where my brain goes but at the same time i i could we could definitely be wrong about that and could be something completely different yeah like a, a single player experience that like you said just keeps expanding over time and that, that would be really cool
0: yeah, that would be um, I think that would be the cooler thing just seeing something new like uh, yeah. a genre devi- defining cuz like when Destiny was first unveiled it was literally like genre defining even though now they call it an MMO it's still hmm. it was it's very different than what an, a traditional MMO is like I guess. Definitely.
1: And yeah, everybody's been trying to chase that uh that Destiny formula yeah. and not many have been successful with that. So, I mean, if Respawn wants to go for it, I'm sure they they might have better luck than most, but I I agree with you that I hope it is something not that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the next story. Dishonored co-creator is working on a new Arcane game with Dishonored. Oh, yeah. Dishonored co-creator is... I thought I read that wrong because I saw Dishonored again in the (laughs) sentence I was reading, but let me start over. Dishonored co-creator is working on a new Arcane game with Dishonored and Prey developers. So I'm reading from IGN Joe Scrubbles. Uh, Dishonored co-creator Harvey Smith is working on an unannounced new game at Arcane Austin alongside devs from the Dishonored and Prey teams. Um, uh, Smith makes no further mention of what the co- of the what a, what the project could be, nor how far away it might be. Uh, it's possible that it's a new Dishonored game, but apparently, to this article, it'll have to uh, feature new characters because of how the last game ended. I wouldn't know, but that's what they report here. Hmm. But um, yeah, what are you uh, expecting out of Arcane? Like, uh, do yeah. you think it's another Dishonored game or something new as well?
0: I'm not sure just because uh dishonored didn't seem like it sold that well um uh, and obviously like uh their upcoming game uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on it uh <laughs> their their game that's coming out on PS4 exclusive or PS5 exclusively uh uh deathloop uh, Loop, Yeah, sorry. Uh <laughs> death <laughs> deathloop seems very similar like it's taking a lot of themes from dishonored into that so I feel like they wouldn't make a Dishonored game next to that because I feel like it's very similar mechanics. Um, so that's kind of why I'm kind of thinking they're going to do you know something different. Uh, as to what that is, I don't know. Uh, but I absolutely loved uh, Prey, and I thought that the reboot they did on that was really good. It gave me a ton of Bioshock vibes. I love that game. Uh, it just has a perfect atmosphere to it um and i think the uh, the other thing is dishonored dishonored in my opinion just it never blew up so to speak like it just always had you know that dishonored audience this the first one was really really good the second one i've heard is really good but i've only played like a couple hours of it because uh at the time when it first launched it had a really bad input latency issue on console And I played it. I'm like, I can't I can't do this because it's like you're moving the sticks and it's like a delay. And I was like, I I literally can't. And I never went back to it, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because I've heard that it's really good. Um, But, yeah, I I would be down to see whatever they they bring out. And obviously, Harvey has a good track record to himself as well. So, yeah, I'm excited.
1: I'm excited for both Respawn and Arcane to, you know, put out something new. Always exciting for new games, new IP, new existing IP, everything. Just more games. Give it to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving on to the next story, a game that we won't be playing. Well, we will be playing it soon, but a, a game that got delayed. Outriders has been delayed. Mm. So I'm reading from their Twitter account, actually. Uh, their little uh, notice that they sent out this uh, morning happy new year they write we believed it's uh, important that players get to experience a new game IP a new IP like outriders before release so that you can decide for yourselves whether the game is something you wish to pre-order or purchase or play for this reason we're excited to announce that on february 25th 2021 we will be publishing a free demo and uh, they also mentioned that outriders is going to be moved to April 1st mentioning that it's not a joke but it's going to be moved to that date instead. Um I thought this was I guess disappointing news for some, but I thought it was kinda coupled with some good news that they are releasing that that demo before the game comes out. Just just after what happened with Cyberpunk, I feel like this is a, a great idea and that people should maybe adopt this a little bit more. Not that demos are anything new, but more huge, bigger games should should do that. I, I know this happens a lot for indies and sometimes some third party stuff, but it doesn't happen a lot with uh, the cyberpunks and the, the bigger games. They have some betas here and there. But yeah, I think this is a really cool story that they decided to do that. And um, Are you going to check out the uh, the beta? Are you excited for this game at all?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I'll probably try to, to check it out. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I think that their uh, last game, I think Bulletstorm was their last game, right? Uh, am I correct in that? Uh, I, th- I think it was and that was such a long it feels like it was such a long time ago yeah. 2011 <laughs> yeah time. it was wow. released in 2011 <laughs> I believe that was the last game that they made because um, they also helped on Gears of War Judgment as well they were kind of the lead on that um, but yeah uh, I'm interested to see what this turns out to be um, I, like I said I love Bulletstorm I love the mechanics of Bulletstorm and how crazy and over the top it was uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of capture me, you know, in the same way with Outriders. But, uh, so far, I, I just have to see more on it. Um, and maybe, maybe that means playing the beta and, and seeing if, you know, it's, it's something that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that people, people can fly is still around because, uh, I know they were, uh, tightly partnered with Epic there for a while, um, both making Gears of War Judgment and, um, and uh bulletstorm but uh obviously epic kind of blew up after fortnite and they're like yeah. oh who are you guys people can fly i don't know you they kind of <laughs> yeah they they Said simply, goodbye. yeah yeah so oh man i don't know
1: well hopefully this game is a success for them then in that case and yeah i'm excited to try out the beta i saw i watched a gameplay trailer on it did look did look like something that i would enjoy like just the gameplay the loot shooting aspect i love that kind of gameplay loop so definitely interested in the game so i will be checking it out if i get the time of course uh moving on to the next story far cry 6 release date may have been leaked by a dutch retailer i'm reading from psu i'm not sure what that stands for playstation universe there we go thank you reading from playstation universe um so proxys a dutch retailer has seemingly outed the far cry 6 release date claiming the highly anticipated open world title from ubisoft will be released on april 30th mm-hmm. well to be more accurate the retailer says is expected on 30 before 2021 so it could be before that i guess but um not hopefully not after that but uh yeah this is uh, exciting news after it got delayed as well that we may have a, a new release date for the game uh, what do you think are you do you think this is it do you think this is the date
0: yeah uh April thirtieth. I haven't even looked to see like what day that is because usually like look and be like, uh, it's not Maybe coming it's out not. on a yeah. on a Monday or something, you know. Uh, April thirtieth is a Friday, which is pretty feasible because yeah. a lot of games come out on Friday. Yeah, it, I, I definitely think it could be because uh, obviously this game was originally supposed to come out in fall, so I didn't think it would be pushed back too far. Honestly, I thought maybe it would be like a February game or a March game, but given that we're you know already a week into January and we haven't heard anything about it, I'd say uh, this April date is pretty feasible, um, and they'll probably announce that here in the next couple weeks, I would imagine, if that is the case. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm freaking love the trailer for this game and uh Giancarlo Esposito as the villain so good um yeah
1: are you a far cry guy do you like the previous stuff
0: yes yes I I'm a big far cry three and four fan uh wasn't as big on primal uh even though it's the premise sounds cool I wasn't that big on it uh I wish it was like dinosaurs not yeah. you know, prehistoric creatures. But anyways, uh, and far cry five, <laughs> far cry five never really grabbed me in the same way that three and four did because, uh, the tropical setting, it just felt, you know, more foreign, like, you know, you're going into this weird world that you're not, you don't really feel familiar with. Whereas Far Cry 5 was almost hitting on too many realistic themes, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, for, True, yeah. for, for the times that we're in right now. Uh, yeah. That can be seen on, you know, Capitol Hill right now. Uh, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely... Uh, Far Cry 6, I'm very excited for them to kind of go back to the roots of, you know, tropical paradise of Far Cry Island or whatever island they're on. So, definitely.
1: You know. All right. Moving on to our next story, a fun one that I thought was a, a little bit interesting. There's a new game coming out this year, but it's coming out for the Game Boy I'm reading an article from Go Nintendo. Looking for something new to play on Game Boy? Why not check out the top-down horror title, Dedius, I think is what it's called. Uh, you have until February 15, 2021, to lock, into, lock in your pre order with copies that ship out in March. So this is a, a top-down horror game, as I said, coming from the studio uh, Spacebot Interactive, which actually has history of doing this before. They've made a game called Dragon... Dragon something. Dragon Born that also came out on the Game Boy. So I thought this was really cool because I definitely am interested in this game. What I've seen, like the trailer that they showed up, it looked like something that I would enjoy, even though it's a horror game. It's 2D, so it shouldn't freak me out too much. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really, really cool, and I definitely want to check this out and hopefully get a pre-order. I don't have a Game Boy, though, but... Yeah, so... that, that, that could that, that could be worked out later.
0: <laughs> so what the heck? Like, a new game <laughs> <laughs> coming to the... Game Boy. Interesting. Uh, So, like, will this work on, like, I know there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, rehashed consoles, or not rehashed, whatever you call those, the consoles that can play, like, uh, those types of games, will it work on those, I'm assuming?
1: I don't know. I think this works on, like, a Game Boy, like a Nintendo Game Boy. If you (laughs) buy a Nintendo Game Boy off Kijiji or something, you just put in the cartridge, and it'll work, based on what I'm reading here. I don't think you need to buy, like, a modded something to get the thing to work,
0: which I thought was
1: even more interesting Yeah,
0: than, what, than we, what you're saying. Like, yeah. What do we think this is going to sell? <laughs> like, are they going to, s-
1: I don't think a lot. They, they have, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how popular their previous one was, but yeah. like their following on, on Twitter isn't like huge by any stretch of the imagination. They have like maybe I think 2000 or so people following their actual account. So I don't know how how big this is going to be. I don't know if I've seen many people, like the bigger sites like IGN and mm-hmm. and them haven't picked up this story at all. This is more like a, a smaller indie sites picking up this thing. So I don't think it'll be huge, but I thought it was really interesting that yeah. they decided to, to do this. I, know, I think it's made with a, a software called Game Boy Studio, which is like an open source mm. thing that people can use to make games for free. So I think they did that, and and then they tried to profit off of it, which I think is really cool as well.
0: Yeah. But Yeah. I mean, yeah. more power to them if they can make yeah. a profit. That's yeah. crazy. This has that's to fun. be like the longest time that a console's been out <laughs> that they get a new game release for it. Probably. Yeah. That's yeah. That's except why I thought it was so cool. <laughs> except for maybe Just Dance 2020 or something that's on Wii still. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: God i don't
1: know i can't believe they're still doing they probably are still doing that 2021 Uh, probably came to the Wii. i'm sure that's crazy um but yeah moving on to the next story xbox um sorry xbox asks players if they want dual sense features in their controllers this is i'm reading from ign (laughs) jordan oleman a survey was sent out to next gen xbox consoles uh is is querying sorry a survey of a survey sent to owners of next-gen Xbox consoles is querying whether users would appreciate the features of the PS5's dual sense in their Series X and X and S controller. There we go. I got through that. Got through that sentence eventually. Um, but yeah, that's basically the the story. Uh, um, of course, I <laughs>
0: Let let's see here. I'm not seeing an email from Microsoft. Where's my email? Was
1: this an email or was it on like? I don't know. It wasn't. Maybe it was an email. I don't don't know. know. But yeah, what the heck? Why they didn't send Daniel Dan the Halo man an email about this? Come on.
0: No. What the heck? I mean, I've only bought three Xbox One X or Xbox Series (laughs) X's. Jeez, Uh, (laughs) I've only bought three Series X's. I mean, come on. Microsoft. You should be
1: at the top of their mailing list. Yeah. I mean, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think this is awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously I, I was a huge proponent of the DualSense uh, haptics after playing Astro. And, uh, I'm sure you will get there one day when, when you get your <laughs> PS five and, uh, you experience those <laughs> triggers. It is definitely yes. very cool. Uh, or maybe even if, uh, if a game on steam starts supporting the haptics, Uh, Because that actually works on PC now. So you can pick up a controller. That
1: would be awesome. Just buy the controller. Yeah, that'd be great. I love that. Yeah, I think this is great. I don't know how soon we'll be seeing something like this. Because as I was hearing, you can't just update a controller with these features. With just like a a patch or like a Mm -hmm. firmware update or something like that. So it, it might be a while. Maybe another Xbox down the line or a new controller obviously down the line that implements these features. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's not unprecedented that Microsoft uh, updates their controller like in the middle of the life cycle because they actually did that with Xbox One. Uh, they added the 3.5-millimeter jack on the bottom of the, of the controller so that you could use like a traditional microphone as opposed to their proprietary mm-hmm. port that they have. And they also added Bluetooth into the controllers, uh, which wasn't in the original controller either. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not out of the ordinary that they do that so yeah this would be awesome if they did this
1: yeah i hope they do hope they do before i get an xbox so i just you know
0: get it and it comes with it yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) that'd be nice
0: or maybe uh, yeah maybe even you know an elite series three maybe they put it in that i don't know how expensive is that going to (laughs) be
1: three (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars So it's as expensive as the console. Yeah. My um, moving on to the next story. This is a nice little way to end the TXN News of the Week. Kinda Funny had their 6 year anniversary on, I think, two days on Monday, I think. Yeah. Tuesday, I think Monday. Monday. And yeah. Uh, they, yeah, that's when they announce Kinda Funny Day, and they have all their fun new announcements and what they're going to be doing this year. And one of their announcements was Paris Lily of Gamertag Radio, I believe is joining the Kind of Funny X-Cast as a new third chair, kind of replacing Alana, I guess, because she's moving on to bigger and better things at Santa Monica. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Paris Lilly is joining Kind of Funny on the Kind of Funny X-Cast. And I'm just going to read his uh, his tweet here. Mm-hmm. Literally can't keep up with all the well wishes on joining Kind of Funny X-Cast. So let me say thank you to everyone, and especially to Game Over Greggy, well, Greg Miller, Tim Geddes, <laughs> um, Snowback Mike, Gary Witta, and all the Kind of Funny best friends and the community for believing in me and welcoming me with open arms. So, heck yeah! Awesome to see him join uh, that cast of people for the Xbox because he loves Xbox as we probably know. Oh god, my my timer kind of fuzzed out there, but uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's awesome to see him uh, join the team.
0: Yeah, for sure yeah the, i I thought it was super cool because uh, uh this is gonna be very controversial right here but oh, no. uh <laughs> I'm not a huge snow bike mic fan so yeah i i don't know what it is i just can't i just don't like listening (laughs) to him so like when alano left i was like all right i'm never gonna listen to that again because i don't (laughs) like listening to Snowbike Mike. but when paris joined i was like all right i'm back in because paris is great i i've loved everything paris has done like he guessed it uh he guest hosted on uh, uh, Unlocked on IGN Unlocked. He's guest hosted on a ton of other podcasts as well that I've listened to, and uh, yes, I enjoyed the heck out of it. So I will definitely listen to it with him back on there. And sorry, Snowbike Mike, I'm not. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I'm definitely excited to have him on the show. I am a Snowbike Mike fan, I will say. I love his the hype that he brings, <laughs> but uh, I, I totally get that I totally get what you're what you're saying though yeah. but uh yeah I am I'm super happy to have uh, Paris on the show and all the other announcements that they announced as well for like the creator spotlight they're gonna be having on KfGd have more faces on there. I think that's super awesome and I, they kind of mentioned this on the show as well that they've kind of grown to a point where it's not weird to have people other than Greg and tim yeah. on the show like i remember when the earlier days when it was like greg and colin and greg and tim and if they weren't on the show people the comments would just be like where are they where are they yeah kind of at this point where it's like it's not weird to see a show that's starred by paris Lilly and somebody else and of course snow mike was joined as well but roger pogorny was somebody else who um got hired full-time who's a member of the community as well who's now full-time video editing over there so it's, it's really cool to see how they
0: have grown over the six years for sure that is awesome. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned another person I, I don't like, Colin Moriarty. Oh, right. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to say you didn't like Rogers. Like, what did he oh, do? No, no, no. No. But yeah, Colin. Okay. Yeah. You know. Colin's a, oh, yeah. I, I, well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on to the games we are playing. Um, I guess I will start the games we are playing. I am playing Hades. So last time, uh, I don't think, yeah, last time I don't think I did it. I have done it. I have beat the last boss. I have reached the surface. I've yeah. seen what there is to see up there. And there's still more game to play, though. There's still more story to unfold, which is super exciting for me. But at the same time, that means I have to beat the boss again yeah. <laughs> to get that more story. But I, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying my time with AD still, and I'm going to keep trying to reach the surface over and over and over again. And besides Hades, I am also playing a little RPG, a JRPG called, uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. Um, so as you, as I said, it's a JRPG, uh, turn-based strategy sort of game on, uh, on Steam, on PC I'm playing it on. And it's part of a long group of games in the Legend of Heroes, I guess, franchise. There's a bunch of them, Legend of Heroes, uh, Trails of the Sky is another subset of those games, but I'm playing the Cold Steel series because I think the fourth one is coming out this year. So I wanted to catch up because I've heard good things. But uh, I'm enjoying that game so far as well. Um, But besides those two games, that's, that's kind of it right now. Of course, playing Animal Crossing, of course, playing Destiny. But those are the two main ones that I'm playing right now.
0: Sweet. Uh, as I kind of alluded to right before we joined the, <laughs> the podcast here, yes. <laughs> I uh, just rolled credits right before we started on Gears 5 Hive Busters DLC, um, which is the campaign co-op DLC uh, that they added just in December to Gears 5. And Roro, it is so good. So good. <laughs> uh, it stars the three uh, characters, main characters that are actually in the co-op um, uh, survival mode called Escape. That that actually launched with Gears Five. And uh, essentially what that mode is, is in case anyone hasn't played that mode before you have this like bomb thing uh, that you have to plant in the middle of a hive. And then you have to escape the hive without dying from the gas. That's like expanding because the gas is killing the entire hive. Uh, It's really fun. Uh, But this story actually is centered around those characters and leads directly into uh the multiplayer experience essentially so like the end of the campaign is where you would start you know uh, your your gameplay session of clearing out hives so it's really cool how That's they connect cool. those um hmm. i i thought that was super satisfying because i didn't know they were going to do that until the end and you're like what like they, <laughs> they connect it all so it's really cool yeah. um but yeah it, it that oh that expansion is freaking unbelievably beautiful too like there's so much uh, vegetation and like lush and lush jungles and environments that are just so mm. ugh, pretty to look at. It's so good, uh, which is such a contrast to like what gears award normally is. Cause normally it's like, you know, grays and, and yeah. reds and all that kind of stuff. But the <laughs> yes, it, it's yes, it's so good. It, it is definitely the best looking game on Xbox series X, uh, which is funny. Cause it's a, you know, originally a little last gen game, but that has a series X enhancements, which oh, so good. Epic. Epic is doing amazing work with, with their technical expertise. Definitely. Yeah. I need to
1: get, need to get on that series. I keeps, I said that last week too. I need to get on that series because it is really pretty. Just want to shout out Kurok uh, in the chat saying hello to us. Hello, Kurok. He is a fellow uh, kind of funny best friend. And awesome. he was on the Team Chat podcast with me when we talked about The Last of Us um, part two. So he's a really cool guy and he streams as well on Twitch. So you guys should check him out if you were listening. Um, but yeah, moving on to the topic of the show. So it's a new year, 2021, which means new games, new video game events, and all that jazz. So I wanted to talk to you, Daniel. And of course, share my opinions and hopes and dreams for twenty twenty one as well when it comes to video game space yeah. and uh yeah, just I wanted to talk to you about what you're excited for games that are announced and games that you hope to see maybe as well,
0: yeah but
1: uh yeah, We can go back and forth and just
0: see yeah where we end up so. Obviously. I mean, this is going to be like a shock to everyone who watches this oh, podcast. I
1: wonder what it's going to be. <laughs> Complete
0: shock. <laughs> uh, obviously, very excited for Halo Infinite. Yes. And I definitely feel like, you know, with all the negative stories that it got last year and the delay and, you know, the graphics deal and all of that. I feel like this game is destined to be the most underrated game of all time. I don't mean like underrated in terms of reviews. I mean underrated as in like nobody's anticipating it, you know, just being amazing. It's going to be a surprise. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Microsoft is giving 343 the time they need. They they knew, 343 knew what they were showing in July last year at the game demo was not finished uh, gameplay but they had to show something because the game was supposed to launch fall 2020. So they showed something. The gameplay looked great. I mean, in terms of what halo is, it looked like halo. It just visually, it didn't wow people. And I think that's what these, you know, additional 12 months or however many months it ends up being, uh, will do is you're getting so much more polished, so much more, you know, enhancements, so much more features, uh, and I really, really think they're going to actually give us a complete game at launch, which Halo 5 was not a complete game at launch, as many people know. They, uh, they didn't have Forge ready on day one. That came out like a month and a half later. Uh, they didn't have Big Team Battle at launch, which is a huge staple to the Halo franchise for multiplayer. Uh, th- There's so many missing things. They still need like theater and Forge, uh, or theater and campaign, I mean, uh, which is essentially like photo mode for campaign. They didn't have that in Halo 5, which that's such a staple now is to have like some kind of photo mode, especially in a really good looking game. So, yes, I, I'm excited to see 343 deliver on Halo Infinite. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't think they will, but I am still on the bandwagon that I think they will. And everything they've done thus far has me excited for it. And yeah. Well, we'll just see what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I I've talked to uh,
1: you about the Halo series before, and when we played through it together, the the first one, and now I have been kind of on a full stop on it um, right now. But I do want to get back to it. And when they showed off that the trailer that you're that you're talking about, it wasn't until people started like picking it apart and really showing you what was what was wrong with it that I noticed like to me it looked like a good trailer like I'm I was ready to play that game when mm-hmm. it came when it arrived but as you were saying that extra 12 months is only going to make it better I can't wait to see what it what it looks like then so yeah um uh they just narrowly avoided pay, pulling a 2077 as long as they make good use of the extra time exactly that's exactly what uh Daniel was saying it too I agree they completely avoided that that mess and they don't have to clean up a mess because they released early. So, yeah, totally agree with that. And I I, I totally agree with Daniel uh, that giving them the extra time was the right move. But uh, my first anticipated title for this year is kind of a weird one because it's not technically new, but I am very excited for the Mass Effect Legendary Collection because... I have not played them. So I'm super hyped to finally understand what all the hype is about and finally enjoy these games and the story and all the decisions that you get to make as Commander Shep. So I'm very excited for that to come out hopefully very soon um, because that is a gaming gap, which I have many, but it's one that I feel is very big and I want to that gap and finally play that game and those games i guess and especially with the announcement there's a new one coming um just want to fill that gap so i can so i can play that one and get excited like everybody else so that is my number not my number one but one of my most anticipated titles for this year the mass effect uh collection that's coming out soon
0: perfect I'm very excited for that as well. I've, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, and I'm sure I will spend far too many hours playing another playthrough of 1, 2, and 3. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Roro, my next one is... Actually, I'm going to throw you know throw, throw us th- for a little bit of a loop here. I'm going to okay. kind of <laughs> spotlight somebody that doesn't necessarily get as big of a spotlight. So with that being said, I'm excited to play It Takes Two... Yes. uh from joseph Faraz's studio that's uh, on my list too is it really yeah oh my god we we i've literally not seen his list yeah. this isn't like this isn't me you know pandering yeah. or anything i had no idea that's funny yeah. uh march 26th that game comes out and honestly i was like you know i was interested in it before the game awards you know i was just you know, exci- I wouldn't say I was excited for, it. I was interested in it because I liked, uh, I liked A Way Out, and I also liked uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which was their game before that, and really enjoyed both of those co-op experiences, so I was like, all right, I'm interested in this, but then the Game Awards trailer came, and that got me super hyped because I know we were both watching, it and we're like, Wow, this is actually super awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like uh the I don't know, it just looks it looks it so looks fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even like the humor, it's like so quirky and like uh these little I think they're like puppets, right? That yeah. they were humans and then they were put into those bodies and they kind of make light of that and it, it's just it's so smart and so I don't know, funny, I guess. Um yeah. so yeah, I'm excited for the story for that. That's mainly what I'm exactly. looking forward to.
1: Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to play that as well. And if, I, if you don't have anybody to play with, because I'm super excited to jump into that. And yeah, I totally agree. The humor in the trailer alone made me like, this is something that's definitely up my alley. And I definitely want to laugh along and play this game. The gameplay looks pretty fun, too. So I was impressed by the trailer that they showed more than just cinematics and stuff, which I guess I should expect from... Uh, Mr. Fares, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, but, Fares. Uh,
0: yes, yes, yes. So yeah, he's
1: he's one of the gamers, you know. <laughs> yes,
0: but, and he uh, and he drops f bombs about the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, moving on to I guess kind of a, a question for us sure. as to what do you think is happening with E3 this year? Do we think we they they've announced that they are doing it? We, that could obviously change, but they mm-hmm. said that they are going to take a different approach this year. Does that mean all digital? That's what I think, but yeah. do you think they're going to gonna do an all-digital E3 this year, or yeah. smaller in-person <laughs> gathering sort of thing?
0: I'm not... Sh- it's going to be interesting, because... I think it's all going to be dependent on, you know, what, what's the vaccine situation look like in the United States? Obviously they're, you know, pushing out a bunch of vaccines right now. So maybe by then uh, it'll be better for like group gatherings, but I kind of am leaning towards they are just going to do like an all digital event, kind of like what gamescom did last year. Uh, and E3 skipped last year, but That was I feel like that was mainly because, you know, the pandemic kind of hit in like March, uh, mid-March, and they're like, crap, we have like two and a half months to, or less than that to prepare because, you know, you have to put things together and, you know, figure out what you're going to do. And they didn't really have much time to do that. So, yeah, I think uh, all digital events possible. And I guess my question to you is like, who's going to be there is the most important part. Because last year, Microsoft did their own event in July, um, and traditionally they have supported E3 and all of that, but Sony hasn't been there the last two years, uh, even without COVID, um, and Nintendo hasn't been there for a long time, so I'm not sure who would even be there. Yeah, that's
1: that's a great point. I feel like everybody, especially after this year, has decided to do their own thing, and a lot of people didn't have the choice, but had to do their own thing this year because E3 was canceled but the like you're saying playstation xbox nintendo they can do their own thing and be just as successful if not maybe more successful kind of catering to their specific audience and grabbing those those people that they want to grab the attention of Mm. and yeah there was like a domino effect like you were saying after playstation said they're not doing their event then e3 followed suit and then there was just like a as they should have, because that was the right thing to do at the time. But e 3 just had no time to kind of course correct and do a digital event in that short span of time. So I'm hoping that it does come back. I, I hope someday in the future, it does come back to like in-person event because that is something that I have always wanted to experience going to E3. Yes. I don't hold out hope that that's going to happen anytime soon, but I, I hope someday in the future it does come back, but it's not looking like it will, no. but, um, yeah i i i will do make do with like paxes and and whatever else but i definitely want to go
0: to an in-game
1: gaming event someday but um yeah
0: the the biggest thing that i've always like e3 would be cool to like just take in the experience and like see all the stuff but like the biggest thing i've always wanted to do is just go to the the press events like microsoft's press conference sony's press conference but now sony doesn't even do press conferences (laughs) uh and now maybe Microsoft won't after seeing, you know, what's happened this year and and everything there. Uh, and that, those were like the, to me, like the coolest events because like you could just go there and just be excited. And then they show you an awesome trailer and you're just excited (laughs) in a crowd of people that are also excited. Like, That, yeah, that I always remember when uh 2018 when they announced Halo Infinite for the first time and they kind of lead you through the teaser throughout the entire trailer and it gets to the point where they reveal Master Chief's helmet and people just flip out in this in the crowd and I was just like, yes, yes, it's so perfect, yeah. And then Phil comes, Phil comes out, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, comes out on the stage and they're literally chanting Phil's name (laughs) and I'm like, all right, this is kind of weird, but also (laughs) awesome. at the same time so yeah, yeah i it's... really hope uh,
1: psx comes back as well yeah like yeah like you're saying events like that are so awesome but can't be done right now but uh yeah i, I agree i think e3 is definitely going to be smaller scale if not just all digital uh this year but i do i do think it'll come back in some way shape or form that they're they're not going to not do it this year um, but, yeah, do you have any other games or predictions for this year that you're excited for or hope that happens?
0: So, <laughs> obviously, this is going to be stupid, but uh, <laughs> last year, me and Sean, obviously, this was before you joined the podcast in the beginning of the year. Me and Sean did similar ex- like expectations, predictions, or whatever. I'm going to do the same prediction again, Roro. I think halo infinite will get yes. a 98 or better on metacritic Whoa. boom jeez there go.
1: <laughs> 98 or yeah. better yeah damn that's that's a good game right there yeah. that's a really good game
0: yeah uh, <laughs> i hope you're right <laughs> that's what i predicted last year but it didn't happen last year because the game sprint. didn't come out but yeah uh yeah uh i i don't know i just think I think what I said last year was I think that it will be the highest rated Halo game to date just because of what they're doing with the game and it's back to the roots. It's all of this and they're putting in the time that needs to be done and Microsoft's giving them the time they need and yeah, I just think it's all it's all there and I think Halo can't remember. Halo One might be the highest rated of all time at 98. I don't remember one of them's. I think 97 or 98. But yeah, I I'm gonna throw that prediction out there. There okay. you
1: go. All right. Well, <laughs> I hope you're right again because I, I do want to play this game. the The highest rated game is The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Yes. And if it gets a 98, it'll be sitting amongst Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, Grand Theft Auto 4, Soul Calibur. And yes. Grand Theft Auto 4
0: for Xbox 360. <laughs> sorry, I'm but, a, uh, yeah. I meant highest rated Halo game. Sorry, I should oh, okay. clarify. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Yes,
1: it'll, it'll be up there, man.
0: It'll yes, be up there.
1: absolutely. It'll be exciting. Oh, so then it looks like Halo. You're right. Halo Combat Evolved is the highest one at a 97, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and then it goes Halo 4. Or I mean, Halo 3. Yep. And the, then Halo 3 is the down. greatest
0: game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yes sure <laughs> thanks Ro, <laughs> you if sean was on here he'd be like i know that's dumb oh, no. oh my goodness yeah
1: well um let me see i'm i'm excited for a game that's coming out next month persona yeah. 5 strikers Cool. it's a miso uh game the, like the dynasty warrior sort of style like the age of calamity i guess you can the most recent sort of game in that genre that i can point to hmm. So I'm super excited for that. I love Persona 5, Persona series in general. And this is a, a direct sequel to Persona 5, but in a different type of game style. So I thought that was interesting. But I'm excited to see the story continue for sure with those characters because, again, I love that game, love that story. So I'm very excited to play that next month as well as Mario um, 3D Worlds is the Bowser's name. Mm. So I'm excited to see yes. what that expansion has to offer as well but uh besides that i don't really know what else besides horizon and god of war of course but of course those those are the big ones i guess i would
0: yeah and talk about a shout out to back for blood because yes ugh, that oh alpha was so fun <laughs> yes definitely oh yeah do you have any any more to add uh, i think that uh that covers it so halo All infinite right.
1: 98 <laughs> 98 well, we'll see if daniel's right of this year will be you look back I guess at this year at the end of this year come game award times let's see if he All right but thank you everyone for joining us both live on youtube and on twitch and you can find us on pack pad... on podcast services including apple podcast google podcast soundcloud stitcher and spotify thank you daniel for joining me today on podcast pxn episode 68 and until next time later it will be greater much love